0: Hi there it's me Tracy Lee welcome back to life or something like it today we're going to talk about a very important subject mental health the saying is health is wealth why is it then that mental health issues get a bum rap and they're still not given the attention that they need and deserve it seems that so many people suffer in silence because there's still a stigma attached to admitting when we have mental health issues A lot of people have come forward and been open about their experiences, and that has really helped, but I still think it's not enough. It seems that when someone has a physical ailment or breaks a leg or has a car accident or anything like that, we run to the hospital, we visit them, bring them flowers, food, and we show genuine caring and love to them in a a very easy manner. We don't have any big issue doing it. But when we hear of someone suffering from mental health issues, I don't know if it's because maybe we just don't know what to do, so we do nothing. And this includes our healthcare system sometimes. There's a lot of great doctors out there and some wonderful healthcare professionals, but there's a lot of times our GP doesn't know what to do or downplays it, tells us to get over it, go to the gym, something simple like that. And, you know, not to say those things don't help. But at the end of the day, we need diagnosis and we need treatment just like we would with the physical ailment. We need to be properly diagnosed. We need to get to the root cause of the issue so that we can fix it rather than just putting a band-aid on it. And sometimes they'll throw medications at us, but medications aren't right. And so you end up with all kinds of other side effects. So often it can be a really daunting experience. The most positive thing though... As of late, we've seen way more people coming forward, particularly celebrities and athletes. They're speaking up, they're sharing their struggles and their journey and telling us sort of a bit about what are the things that have worked for them and how they've been able to get to a functional, enriched life. I love that they've had the courage to speak up. You know, we often think of them as having perfect lives. Maybe they have a lot of money and fame and beauty, talent what could poss- possibly be their problem right but many of them just like the rest of us suffer the same issues comedian and actor Jim Carrey has described his depression as it feels like a low level of despair you live in where you're just not getting answers but you're living just okay you can smile at the office you know but it's a low level of despair He admitted that he'd been on medication and that helped him get through the rough spots so that he could go for counseling to get to the root of all of his issues. He said eventually he learned that it was one big step just to get out of bed every day and say to himself, hey, life is good. He said there were some days it was incredibly difficult for him and he just couldn't do it. But eventually he did get to the root of his problems and he started to deal with the real issues that were eating at him and he's much happier today. Comedian Sarah Silverman, she's known for her brutally honest humor and hilarious personal anecdotes. She's also been very open with her experiences with anxiety and panic. She says, people use panic attack very loosely out here in LA, but I don't think most of them really know what it is. Every single breath is labored You feel like you're dying, and it's terrifying. And then when the attack is over, the depression is still there. I wouldn't wish depression on anyone, but if you ever experience it, or you are experiencing it right now, I want you to know that on the other side, the little joys in life will be that much sweeter. The tough times, the days when you're just a ball on the floor, they'll pass. And she's right. She says you're playing the long game, and life is totally worth it. Look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He hasn't been immune to his own mental health woes. He woke, he spoke up about his own mother's attempted suicide when he was only 15, after their family had been evicted from their apartment. He said she got out of the car on the interstate and literally walked into oncoming traffic. Big rigs and cars were swerving out of the way. He grabbed her and pulled her back onto the gravel shoulder of the the road Johnson admitted it wasn't long before he too slipped into a deep depression there was a point he didn't want to go anywhere or do anything and he was crying constantly he and his mother both got professional help and they've healed but they know that you've always got to pay attention to your own symptoms and really be there to help others in pain we have to remind them they're not alone he says how right is he Today I have a very special guest, Shadow Davis. Shadow is well known here in Winnipeg. He's having uh, worked here for 35 years as a radio personality and in other locations across Canada. He's been a morning show host, podcaster, voiceover artist, and a wonderful storyteller. More importantly, he's a dad, a grandpa, a Star Trek and superhero geek, and a Beatles lover and golfer. Most recently, Shadow has started his own podcast with a very informative series that's focused specifically on mental health. We're going to talk today about his mental health issues, how they've affected his life, and how he's trying now to break down those walls and provide much needed support and a forum for those who are suffering and feel that they have nowhere to turn. In his podcast, he has guests who talk about their darkest dark and how they came to the light, and different solutions that worked for them to help them get to a place of healing.
1: Okay, I'm here.
0: Oh, hi, Shadow. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad you're here.
1: I'm glad I, I have... got the technology to work.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's always cool. We can blame technology. It's never the user, right?
1: Oh, it's always their fault, Tracy. It's always their fault.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here. I've listened to you on the radio for a long time and followed you on social media for many years. So I'm actually very honoured to have you. And I appreciate you being willing to share your experiences and what you've learned from others through your podcast, your mental health series. Mm. And uh, are you able to sort of share just a little bit with us just to give us an idea of what your own personal journey has been as of late and sort of how, (laughs) how things have impacted your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm here. And let me just say that I'd really, I really appreciate you asking me to join you on the podcast here, Tracy. It's nice. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So, yeah. So tell me a little about a little synopsis about what's happened for you in the last I think it's been about eighteen months that you've been going through your own journey, and just give us sort of the, the Cole's Notes version about uh, what's gone on for you.
1: Well, uh, God, you know, I mean, I know
0: that's a, a Cole's Notes version is probably not fair, but
1: it's hard. Whatever
0: way you know, it's
1: it's difficult to uh, to talk about what's recently happened to me without going into a little bit of detail about what happened before. Oh,
0: please but, do please do whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable sharing. I think it'll, it helps people, your openness for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, man, I mean, we all have, you know, one thing I've learned from interviewing people and talking to people about mental wellness, anxiety, and depression is there's, there's a common thread that runs through all of our stories, right? Um, Mm -hmm. for, for, you know, everybody's different, obviously, but, You know, when you hear somebody say uh, I had an alcoholic father or, uh, you know, I was adopted or uh, I always felt like an outsider. You know, I mean, these things, whenever I hear anybody say that to me, I go, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And the first thing I would like to point out to anybody that's that's listening right now, when it when it comes to mental health is the best thing that you can do is talk about it. Find somebody who is willing to sit and listen to you talk about it, express it in some way. Because when you have these thoughts in your mind, um, these, these depressive thoughts or that feeling of anxiety, because anxiety uh, depression can lead to anxiety and then anxiety can lead you to uh, appear, disjointed in in areas that you probably shouldn't be most people wouldn't be uh most people sorry most people who haven't uh been fighting this fight would look at you like you're some kind of a freak whether you you know yeah sometimes it's it's something as simple as as your your leg starts to shake a little bit or uh you you appear as though you really want to get away from whatever it is you're doing uh, through body language um, you know so th- this this disease and that's what it is mm-hmm. uh, the same as any other physical disease that you see uh, that's what it does to people and in effect it can actually come to uh, affect you physically as well but uh, talk about it get it out mm-hmm. because when you get it out it, it's, when you're thinking about it all by yourself and we all have the same and i know i'm all over the place tracy and i'm sorry oh,
0: please Dave, we're, I'm, no i'm getting my no format here You're yeah i'm trying to i'm
1: trying to get my thoughts together on this one um to make this make sense uh we all have a safe space everybody does you know i mean you hear about uh man caves uh, <laughs> you know like, everybody's got a space where they feel really comfortable and at home and it makes them feel you know, like they're guarded. And uh, when you're in that space and you're suffering from depression and uh, your thoughts tend to roll around in your head a little bit. And I look at, at it like it's inside your head, the thoughts going around and around and around and around and around and it's gaining steam and it's relentless and it keeps getting worse every time it goes around and around and around and around. And what I found years ago was, if you express that thought verbally or in writing, it just diminishes the importance of that thought to you in your head. All of a sudden, now it's out there, mm-hmm. um, and you don't you don't feel so alone anymore. Um, it just it's like taking a burden right off your shoulders, like a five hundred pound bag of gravel and just you throw it down and you go wow man that feels so much better and so many people will keep this inside of them until they get to a breaking point where they they have an episode i had an episode and you know you and i talked about that on the phone a couple of days ago mm-hmm. briefly. I, I let it get to that point and, and that's on me um but you know what i did 18 months ago, after my episode was, I just wrote how I was feeling in a Facebook post. It wasn't for any other reason than for me to get it out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I posted it, didn't think about it again for a few hours, went about my business, which whatever that was at that point, which wasn't very much. Mm-hmm. I was on the couch and getting
0: by. Just getting by.
1: Absolutely. That's all I was doing. I was just, you know, passing time. Whatever. I may have been playing video games. I may have taken the dog out for a walk at that point, whatever. Then I came back and looked at it again a few hours later and it, it had received so many uh notifications, likes, comments, thanks for being open and sharing, and uh uh I was kind of befuddled by it because i there's a lot of people who do what i do um you know radio broadcasting minor celebrities in the city they work in um who who may express themselves in whatever way but so many people were were saying wow somebody like you can be so open and willing to share their experiences and their struggles, then I think I can too. And so people found it to be inspiring and very helpful to them. And that's when I had that moment, you know, we have a moment
0: mm-hmm. where we go,
1: oh my God, like maybe I can help some other people here. Mm-hmm. And exactly. So, yeah, and, and so that one post, it got so much response. I thought, you know what, I, I'm gonna stay with this now. Because I think it's really important um, that this could maybe help some other people. I was still working with Chorus Entertainment at that point, but I was on a 30 day stress leave um, and still, you know, really, really a prisoner of my own issues Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, And when I was let go from Chorus, I became more involved in the process of writing my feelings. I couldn't get them out there yet on a podcast because I was uh, prevented from doing that because of legal obligations, which mm-hmm. in my in my opinion were bullshit, but I don't want to go too much into detail about that.
0: <laughs> we'll need another episode for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I told you about what happened mm-hmm. the other day. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. But um, you know, in, in the last month, I've been able to uh release my podcast and uh get the word out there, and the response from people who want to talk has been absolutely overwhelming to me. Um
0: oh, yeah, it's it, you just can't believe how many people are out there, and and what I love about your podcast is the people are really willing to be open and vulnerable. And I think that's something in society that's always been kind of frowned upon. If we show weakness, then we're not good people. But I think that vulnerability is a strength. And it shows that, look, I've been through some really bad shit. But look, I've come out the other side. You can too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we get our strength is by that sense of community.
1: Well, you know, a lot of a lot of us who struggle with this um, have have been and this is another common thread that goes through the people that I speak with. They've been the go to person in their family or Mm -hmm. in in their circle of friends. You know, they're the ones that others lean on uh, when things go wrong and they've been the calming force for those people for so long. Um, and so for that person, and I include myself in that grouping as well, um, when, when something goes wrong for you as that person, you feel like you have to just brush it aside and ignore it because if you confront that, the, the feelings inside of you, then you will appear weak to all of these people and you're going to let them down in some way. You feel like you're going to let them down. You've always been that pillar of strength and now look at you. You're mm-hmm. a on the floor and what would their response be? And you would hope, you would hope that those people would go, "Oh my god, now he's the one with the issue. We're going to help him as much as we can." Yeah. But because of the stigmas involved, they will look at you and I'm not saying everybody, you know, I don't want to group everybody into the same uh, sort of situation but some of them will look at you like wow whatever what happened to you, you know, yeah who, who are you like right. i can't even believe i put my faith and trust in you and look at you now you're, you're just...
0: superman how could superman do this like what's right. the right yeah.
1: right right and so you know that's the struggle a lot of the space that gives us an extra hurdle to get past when it comes to uh you know trying to cope with our situation we have to get past that hurdle um and so for a lot of people you know especially uh you know my latest podcast episode justin uh, he he brought that very thing up himself you know he said mm-hmm. how can i face my family like I, and i've always been the guy the, the i brought the money home you know i i made sure i took care of everybody and now how can i I'd be in the other role do a 180 and be in this other role where I need them how can how can I do that well of course you can do that you know we all can do that we just have to do it and never mind what the consequences are because if we don't and we stay in this role eventually there will be a breakdown like yeah. I had like Justin had um uh, like pretty much anybody Anybody who suffers from this has had at some point. And that's your turning point. That's when you go, I really got to get this train back on the tracks here, man. How am I going to figure this out? And that's why I say talking about it is the best thing that you can do. And whether that's with, you know, at first you reach out to your general practitioner, if you have a family doctor and you say, listen, I've got this issue. What your doctor will do uh, is talk, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. What your doctor will do is
1: is spend that time talking to you and, you know, checking out the magnitude of the issue. If it's a minor thing, he or she can then say, well, you know what, uh, come back to me in a couple of weeks and if it hasn't improved, we'll take it from here. Or if it's really uh, a crisis situation, that doctor can then, uh, refer you to a mental health professional, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and paying for it. That's a whole other matter that, uh, I'm not the best authority on, but there are some, uh, Kev Young, for example, the, the first guest I had on my podcast series, uh, has all of the answers for that. And you can find him on Facebook, Kev Young. He's a great resource. Um, but, uh, you, you, you have to build a team of people around you who can help you get through this because you can't do it alone. It's like trying to fix, uh, a brain aneurysm. On yeah. or or cancer you know it
0: exactly can, it yeah. can't
1: be done it is a disease and you can't do it by yourself um so that's i recommend talking about it and getting people on your side letting them understand how bad it is for you yeah. there are times when you're going through this where and for me when i was at my worst uh when I wrote that Facebook note, I didn't shower for, I'm going to say 10 days. <gasps> You're didn't, kidding. No, didn't care. I, it, and it wasn't like I felt like I was doing anything wrong. I said, I got no place to be. I don't need to step in the show, whatever, you know? And I just laid there. I didn't go to oh. bed. I didn't go to bed. I, I didn't hardly get up off the couch unless I had to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah. Your body I, and mind just, I, I, I was, you know, and of course, the, my girlfriend at the time, Lisa she was okay with it at first and then that started to wear on her too right and ultimately uh you know we split up right. months later which was another stressor you know
0: oh um, my goodness
1: so let me just say this too and and there are a series of stressors that people can go through and uh and maybe they can they can get through one or two of them but the five biggest stressors in life are uh marital breakups long-term relationship breakups um, a death in the family or somebody close to you moving loss of a job I forget right now what the other one is but I went through all of them in the period of about 18 months oh. and I, I'm not sure Tracy right now that I've dealt with them all yet
0: <laughs> oh, that could
1: take a bit of digging out it's, I'm, it's I'm an trying a lot I'm it's trying lot. I'm trying but it's you know, like once you, you get through one of them then you got to face the other. And it seems like there's a pile of work ahead of you. Um, but you got to do it. You got to get through the other side. And, and one thing I've always maintained is that, you know, I'm going to take that strength that I've always used to help others get through their problems and use it for me now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And it may seem selfish. And that's something else that we struggle with too, is people that, that help others, uh, we feel like when we, we start doing things for ourselves that we're being incredibly selfish and we shouldn't be focusing so much on us as we should be focusing on others. And yes. even some of those people will let you know that too. And, and they're completely wrong, by the way.
0: Uh, no, it's, it's like the oxygen mask on the plane. If you don't put it on yourself 1st you right. they're gonna be useless to anybody else. And I have to constantly keep that analogy in my mind. And it's about self care. I don't call it selfish. I think by being selfless, that's where you sometimes cost your own your own mental health. And it's that line in the sand of being there for other people. Um, but if you forget to be there for yourself, like things like self care, like not showering or eating properly or sleeping, all those things. If you don't do those things and take care of yourself, it's just going to keep you know the the rock's going to keep going down the hill and it's going to be a huge boulder so
1: well you know what when you get to that point when you're not showering and you don't care you are and again i'm not a doctor i'm no medical professional but i've seen and heard enough from other people and from my own team of medical professionals that you are now in a in a state of clinical depression and you have to get some help um if it gets that far right and hopefully it doesn't with most people hopefully hopefully and the point of my whole campaign, if you can call it that, I, I'm, I'm not sure I even call it that, uh, is, is getting people to talk about it before it gets to that point. Because once it does, man, you are absolutely fucked. And, yeah. then, and then it's like, its imagine trying to dig yourself out of a, a hole that's 10 feet deep and you don't have a shovel, you don't have a rope, you don't have any of oh. the tools you need to get yourself out of that hole. And there you are you yeah. know eventually you're going to starve mentally physically spiritually everything
0: you, yeah don't. because with physical ailments you know if we're having that much pain we will go to the doctor we yeah. just will but with the mental health stuff it just it's got a accumu- you know the cumulative effect and if you've left it so long and the symptoms just keep growing and growing and we can go into denial because You know, oh, so I'm having a bad week. Well, then the bad week turns into a bad year. And, uh, you know, like you say, everything around you will suffer, whether it's your work, your your relationships, your whatever relationships you have in your life, it's just all going to go. And so it really, I think we need to start nipping these things in the bud. And that's where the problem is, is that because of the stigma and the not wanting to admit we're weak, we get caught and it just yeah. blows
1: up. Yep. And that and that's when you get you know into your your spell. Mm-hmm. Uh your your spiral. I call it a spiral. Yes. Um and it it becomes a hopeless situation when you're in it. Now, I've got a little bit, you know, I I've, I've attended therapy and I've done uh group sessions with other people, not that I was leading the group or anything. I was a simple member of the group uh, who was trying to learn how to cope with these things. You do learn through therapy that you can find your triggers. What gets you to that point Mm -hmm. um, and you can work your way around those triggers before they get you right. So it's, it's almost in that way. If you can imagine yourself walking through a forest or walking down a path and your whole life you've been walking down this path blindfolded and you don't know where anything is and now you take off you slowly taking off the blindfold and now you can see some things that are in the way and you just move out of the way of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and and that is so helpful that you don't ever really have to and I'm not saying you don't have to keep working on it because that blindfold can go back on pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a It's almost a comfortable thing because it's become a habit.
1: Well, it's not so much that. It's that if you're not working on your own issues, then you're putting the blindfold back on and mm. you're getting yourself back to the same spot you were in before. So what you need to do is, is learn how to deal with that you know, taking the blindfold off and then keeping it off. And it can be something simple, uh, like a daily routine where you, before you go to bed at night, you say to yourself, all right, man, uh, something real good's going to happen to me tomorrow. And, <laughs> and, and so you, that's why I'm going to wake up because I know that eventually this is going to turn around. It might, and it, it might not be tomorrow. It might be next week, might be next month, but you know, I, I I don't deserve all this bad shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's right? hope.
0: And I yeah. think hope is the thing that's always missing when you're in that spot. You can't believe it'll ever end.
1: And we need to make agreements with ourselves that will reinforce those feelings. For mm-hmm. example, and there's the great book that I recommend to anybody who, who may be going through any of this stuff. It's called The Four Agreements. Oh,
0: yes, I've heard uh, of that.
1: A lot of people have heard of it and for good reason. It's a great book. It it helps you solidify yourself as a uh, as a viable person. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm important of, too. Yeah, and, <laughs> and right. And one of the one of the major agreements that I think is probably the, the best one is we all make agreements with ourselves, right? So yeah. <laughs> if if we grew up In an abusive family, and I I don't, when I say abusive, I don't necessarily mean physically abusive. There can be, you know, verbal abuse, mental abuse. Uh, And you grow up and you keep hearing your mother's voice in your head say to you, you're such an idiot. Oh, God. How can you, how could you have done that? You're such an idiot. Now, it's not that she meant that, but she comes from a different generation of people. And so she would say that, like, let's say you put the lid on the peanut butter jar on wrong. It was crooked or whatever. <laughs> and she'll see that and she'll go, oh, you're such, you're so stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. Right. It's,
0: and it's, you hear it enough. You, it starts to become that talk track in your brain. Well, yeah. Day in, day out, day in, day out.
1: And, and people don't understand that. People don't realize that, that that's been programmed in them. And so they, they start thinking, yeah, I must be stupid. Can't even put the jar uh, peanut butter yeah. away properly. And yeah. so they go through life thinking they're, they're stupid. Um, because we all carry things from our childhood. You know? And so my mother said that to me enough times. And again, it, there was no malicious intent, intent in that at all. She didn't mean that I was stupid. It's just something that came out of her mouth. But what parents don't get is that these things can tend to stay with their children for a lifetime. Yes. And so that's something that I had to really work on and understand that I'm not stupid. I'm actually quite intelligent yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can work my way through a, a, a problem fairly easily if I put my mind to it. And so when you say things to yourself again, cause that's an agreement you made with yourself. Your mother told you you're stupid. And so you agreed with yourself that yes, I'm stupid. However, if you go ahead and start making a new agreement, eventually that will go ahead and supersede the old agreement you made with yourself. And the only way to do that is to tell yourself that you are a smart person. And it's almost, it's
0: almost like the Stuart Smalley, eh? I'm smart enough. I'm good enough and god darn it. People like me.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. And, and you know, I, I think that that particular sketch that he did all those years ago on Saturday night live actually yeah. was a detriment to, uh, you know, self-healing because he, it, it made it more of a stigma. Cause it was a comedy routine. It was
0: like a mockery. Yeah. A mockery right. Of it.
1: And, and self-affirmation is a big thing. You know, yes. if, if you go to bed at night thinking, wow, I had a pretty good day today. I'm going to have another good day tomorrow. Cause you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm a yeah. good, I'm a good person. Then you start feeling better about yourself and not necessarily in an egotistical way. You just feel no. better about who you are. Um, oh.
0: And an attitude of gratitude, right? Like just even writing down a few things, you could add a shit day, but write down three good things that happened. It seems kind of trite, but it's not. It starts to create that positivity. And our brain is all about endorphins, serotonins. There's, you know, sometimes people are affected by anxiety, depression, et cetera, simply because the chemistry in their brains isn't right. Right. Some of them could come from places where there were parents that treated them like gold. They didn't have some of the childhood trauma families of origin like you and I and others have. It just might be a chemical thing, you know. Well, that,
1: that's another situation too. I mean the, that that is a physical uh, situation where you've got a chemical imbalance going on,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that's where medications come in, right? And and right. Th- that's why. Doctors these days are so hesitant to put people on uh, on medications for mental issues because they don't quite know exactly what the situation is. And that's another problem as well. I mean, you know, until you're diagnosed with something, whether it's anxiety, depression or, or whatever other mental disorders uh, that there are out there, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder is one of those things as well that can cause all of these issues. Uh, They'll go ahead and recommend, like my doctor last year, he recommended that I go and try yoga for a couple of weeks. (laughs) Yeah. I said, Uh, hey, dude, you know what? I've never done yoga in my life. He goes, well, then find something that that will center you, that will make you feel better. And so I would suggest to anybody who uh, has been given that kind of advice from their doctor, To find something in your life that makes you happy and then go do it. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems that we face and and one of the questions we're asked when we go to the doctor with an issue such as this is, uh, is there anything in your life that makes you happy anymore? Yes. Very
0: important question.
1: Huge. And the answer that I gave uh, the last time I was asked that in my doctor's office was, yeah, bed, sleeping. That, that's oh. the only thing I really look forward to anymore. Wow. Yeah. And that was bad. That was bad. And so when you answer that way, then they're going, to oh, man, this guy's pretty close to a crisis situation. And so now they're, you know, now they know, uh-oh, there's something more we need to do here. But everybody's going to, you know, not everybody is going to have that uh, drastic an answer. You know, but you got to be truthful. Yes. That's the other thing. People are scared to admit their own insecurities and their own fears, especially to somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's a stranger or, or a loved one, we, for whatever reason, we're programmed to not reveal any of that stuff because first of all, it's very intimate information. And secondly, we don't want to appear weak as we already discussed. So mm-hmm. if, if you're not honest, and open you're never going to get the help you need um and and never think the worst you can't go around (laughs) thinking well, if i tell this guy that i had some thoughts of suicide last week next thing i know i'm going to be wearing a freaking uh straight jacket i'm going to be in the psych ward um before i even know it
0: yeah yeah you don't want to you don't want to go there and and really like you say if you if you keep the secrets in, that's when they hold their
1: power. And, well, that's when they get worse and yeah. worse and worse. You, and you, and, and the, the problem with that then is if you're talking to a medical professional and you lie to them, you've made such a great step in getting there. Yeah. You may as well tell the truth now, man. Like tell the truth. Don't be scared to tell the truth because when you tell the truth, man, The truth will set you free. (laughs) It's true. It's true.
0: Exactly.
1: I hate to sound so cliche like that, but it is. It's true. It's very true. And you got to, you got to make a point of, of being vulnerable Mm -hmm. ultimately, um, and letting somebody else help you for once in your life. And then you, you will, you'll come around and you'll get better eventually but you got to do the work no matter what that work is you know you got to do the work you may have to take the meds you're going to have to go and see a medical professional a therapist a psychologist a psychiatrist whoever it happens to be on a regular basis until you figure out exactly what the issue or issues that you have are and then he or she will give you hopefully the the therapy you need to be able to fight back and then you go ahead and you do it. But the work to get through it initially is scary and it's difficult. It's going to bring up some memories in your life that you may, may have buried. Things you don't mm-hmm. want to remember. And that's why you did bury them in the first place. I had a million of those. The first time I went to therapy, oh. Yeah. Uh, I was... spent
0: a lot of time crying the first few sessions. I couldn't even get words out, but. Once you do, then, just like you say, it actually helps us to get to the root of what's happened, why are we behaving this way? So, yeah. you know
1: because the one thing we also tend to forget too is is our behavior is going to affect other people, right you think um, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot a lot of people don't even understand that I mean that's just how I am. No, it might not be how you are. it's your disease doing the talking there you know mm-hmm. when some when somebody goes into, into quiet mode for three or four days. Like they're not responsive to anything or whatever. How is the person in their life, the most important person in their life, whether it's their wife or husband or children, how are they supposed to respond to that? All of a sudden you're not there anymore. Like what happened? You're there, but you're not. And they don't know what to do. So now they're walking around on eggshells and they're trying to figure out how maybe they can get you to respond to something. And as the person's suffering, you don't get it you don't understand that now you're affecting them. And over the long term, that's going to cause some serious issues. Um, So that's something else that we need to look at as well, right?
0: No, for sure. And sometimes it comes out in different ways. Uh, Anxiety can kind of, uh, it can cause people to be almost rageful. Because I know for me, I've always been kind of a control freak. And because of a chaotic childhood, it manifested itself into anxiety. But Back then, when you're young, you didn't really know what to call it. You and I are in our 50s, so we just weren't very educated. Nobody really talked about mental health much when we were kids. And so it comes out in different ways. For me, it was often kind of like rageful, like just fighting and, and yelling and screaming. And how dare you do this to me? And you almost are replaying that victimhood that you had maybe from events as a kid. So it, cannot, it, can, it can manifest itself in many different ways. And to think we would go our whole lives not being better, not being better, like we can be better and do better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, as you point out, like when we have these little episodes of rage or withdrawal or mm-hmm. sadness or whatever, uh, however it manifests itself, it's not just going to affect your home life. It will affect your professional life as well, right? Yes. You go to work and maybe you're unnecessarily antagonistic towards a coworker um, with a boss. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not gonna like that too much. And then you find yourself having difficulty holding down a job because you can't cope with and then you, you get labeled as well. And you worked in human resources, Tracy. So you yes. know yes. I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard this line several times. Does not work and play well with others. <laughs>
0: Jeez, yeah, unfortunately, and and often it's said in harsher terms than that. And uh, even being an HR professional, I've been a couple, a couple times in my life, fallen into that category because I was miserable in whatever was going on in my life or something at work that I wasn't dealing with properly. And uh, you know, it's easy to blame everybody else, and sometimes it is other people that are. <laughs> Messing with us that uh, cause our grief. But then at the end of the day, we can't change them. Only the way we react.
1: So, yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I, love, you know, the I wor- the worst. You're... Oh, the sorry. Worst... No, you mean to cut you off.
1: The worst thing about that, what you were just talking about, is maybe it's other people who have triggered these things in you. And you go home that night and you go, hmm, was this me or was this them? Right. Yes. And now you're, you're questioning... You know, what the scenario is, in reality, it's probably a bit of both. Um, But, you know, you're right. I mean, there are certain ways to disarm a situation before it becomes a bad situation. And if they can't do it, then hopefully you can train yourself to do that. But again, that comes with uh, recognizing your own issues and being able to find a way around those barriers, those triggers that I was talking about earlier um and, and there are as well antagonistic co-workers that know what your triggers happen to be
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and they will intentionally try to set those triggers off and if you're still walking with that blindfold on you're going to fall into that trap easily oh, so so it, true so when you when you get yourself the help uh that will make you feel better you'll be able to recognize those things happening before they happen and you can go ahead and put an end to it as you say before they become a major issue down the road so you know it's vital that we get the help uh, that we need not just for ourselves um, but for the people who are close to us the people we share a household with uh, and the people we work with you know yes for sure It, it could actually make you a more successful person too you know so in this way the old expression, uh, you are the one, what is the expression you, you're getting in your own way? Yes. Yeah, yeah, That that is true, but you gotta know why you're getting in your own way before you can get out of your own way. And yeah. that's when the therapy comes in. And I think that people should, should do that. It becomes yeah. a huge help, huge tool.
0: I agree with you. Yeah. Well, there you have it folks. This has uh, been really awesome. Uh, please do go to iTunes and subscribe to the Shadow Davis Show. Shadow is spelled S-H-A-D-O-E. It's a candid and enlightening series. Uh, In the podcast, Shadow features individuals who have had their own mental health crises, and they share their journey and how they've been able to come out the other side. And it seems to me they're the best mental health advocates, like yourself, Shadow, willing to be open, vulnerable uh, about the experiences, and help others in their quest for mental wellness. So definitely uh, it's worth listening to. Shadow I can't thank you enough for joining me. I wish you all the best in your continued quest for well-being and uh I do hope you'll stay in touch and thanks for having the platform for others to share their stories. So
1: Tracy it's been my pleasure. Thanks for asking me to do this. I also want to remind people that I'm also on Spotify and Google uh, Play Music as well. You can download me there. Um same pl- anywhere you get your audio these days i think i'm on every platform now all you got to do is search me out so thanks for uh for the plug i really appreciate it because thank, the more the more people that you know hear these stories uh the more they may feel empowered to share their own and that's when good things start happening
0: i agree thank you so much shadow have a great day
1: you Take too tr- thank okay. you okay yep. bye bye
0: Well, I certainly appreciated having Shadow Davis on the podcast. I hope it spoke to you in some way and that you will feel less alone just knowing that others are experiencing these things and that none of us are superheroes. We need help just like we do with the physical illness and the best thing we can do is talk about it. If you do need any resources and you're not sure where to turn, please feel free to send me a private message on Instagram. I'm happy to share the name of my counsellor, She's been a godsend to me and my family and I think that uh, sometimes a good professional is all we need to get set on the right path. So please take care of you. You're worth it. Thank you again for tuning in to Life or Something Like It and I look forward to the next episode. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.